Welcome to Let's Talk Tourism, the best local tourism podcast to keep your finger on the pulse of our rapidly changing industry. Join your industry expert hosts, Gabby Daniels and Katie Hoken, each Friday morning. Let's Talk Tourism. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Levart. Levart provides website, booking engine and channel management technology to accommodation properties throughout the Asia-Pacific region. Their aim is to empower every property with the ability to disrupt the dominance of online travel agents and transform direct into their most attractive and popular booking channel. Levart solutions are easy to implement, simple to use, cost effective and they provide comprehensive support from their client success team based in Australia. Gabby, can you please tell us the story? What was your first role and what has your journey been over the past 20 years? Wow, that's a question and a half. I guess um, starting out uh, studying at Griffith University here on the Gold Coast, uh, hotel management and business. Um, I studied full-time and worked full-time at uh, Sheraton Mirage. So started off in food and beverage, waiting tables, and then worked in all aspects of the operation um, over seven years. Housekeeping? Yes. Yes. Events. Events. Food and beverage. Um, And I finished up with um, Starwood Hotels as Director of Revenue um, at 21. So the opportunity was to go to China. So obviously, generally within the large corporations, you've got to do your time overseas. Mm -hmm. So to move to Hotel GM, which what I just wasn't interested in at all, Um, Gold Coast Girl, didn't want to move, wasn't going to China. Well, I was born in Brisbane, but I've always lived on the Gold Coast. Close enough. Uh, I can't really attest because I wasn't born at Kundara mm-hmm. okay. or Alamanda. Um, but look, I guess I took a different direction after those seven years. I was like, okay, maybe I need to try something different. I started working for Echo Entertainment, um, the star, which it is now, as a gaming analyst. So I could apply my revenue management knowledge to, I guess, the, the gaming and the casino side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my office was underneath the ground of the gaming floor. So it was quite a unique uh, role um, and I was in that for about 18 months and I soon realised that I needed to go back to my my revenue roots within the hotel sector and I started with Mantra Hotels. At the time it was Stella um, Resorts Group and I was with them for seven years in a number of capacities from overseeing um, Queensland in terms yep. of regional revenue. Then I moved into operations, so rolled out uh, and delivered a Revenue Academy across the 4,000 employees of, of Mantra. And then I moved into distribution, so creating automation. Um, so rolled out automation between OTAs and which yeah. would automatically flow through to um, the reservation systems in the hotels. So wow. that eliminated the need for reservations to be on site and obviously the sheer volume of data input that was at that time um, going into the reservation system. So that, I guess, from a distribution perspective has been, the, I guess, the largest project uh, in that space. And then yeah. in uh, 2014, I was approached by the CEO of Goldox, so GC 2018, to head up the accommodation for Commonwealth Games, mm-hmm. So, which for me has been the highlight of my career to date. Absolutely loved the opportunity to... Uh, deliver the first ever in-house accommodation model for a Commonwealth Games. I think my team accommodated over about 218,000 people over an 11-day wow, period. So, and so, because we think of the Games, how, how long does the Games go versus how long did you have that role for? 
So Com Games um, was in the April of 2018. So yeah. I started in November 2014. Wow. So a that significant so much prep. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And initially yeah. it was me. So I uh, hit the pavement. I went through four pairs of heels <laughs> because I went into every single accommodation operator and presented on the Commonwealth Games in 2014. So yeah. the role was to talk to the city and be the advocate in our industry, talking about what the games meant for yeah. the industry, what people can expect, talking about the stats, what happened happened in Glasgow, what happened in Melbourne, working with the industry and stakeholders to actually get them excited about the prospect mm. of what was coming, but also a realistic view. Um, and that's always was the biggest challenge because we're in a strata world, yes. particularly here on the Gold Coast, um, yes, on the Gold managing Coast. owner expectations um, and obviously trying to uh, minimise the impact of inf- rate inflation that people were going to well, put on such a peak. we can go out and charge this per room. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess there was an end date um, and that was really sad. So the first... I guess, role that I've ever had that there's an end date and an end date for the team. Um, So I finished up um, with the games and um, took on a role in Brisbane, which quickly I decided that the commute wasn't my thing. Um, You didn't do that Friday afternoon traffic, did you? Oh, I did. (laughs) It was killer. And I take my hat off to anybody that commutes to Brisbane every day. Yeah. But I just, yeah, I lasted four months and then I took on the role of general manager at Mantra at Sharks. So Mm -hmm. I went back to my grassroots in operation and hotels. Yeah. And it was really great as a new build uh, to go through building defects, you know, building relationships within the health and knowledge precinct and creating, you know, really building on those relationships I already had with Mm. Griffith University cohort Mm. um, in that space. And I'm really proud of the results that the team achieved at the hotel during my time there. Yeah. Um, You know, huge revenue growth. um, And huge rev par growth over the 12 month period. So anything you haven't done. (laughs) <laughs> yes, lots. No, um, and then during that time as well, so my husband and I have our own business. So um, I'm CEO of our, well, we had Physiotherapy Links, which was a, a startup physio practice, which ended up becoming the largest physio practice in the Northern Gold Coast region uh, with 15 um, staff. And so we actually um, sold that business in the back end of 2018. So we were approached by a publicly listed company uh, to acquire our clinic. Um, and so now we're still shareholders uh, of oh, that awesome. business. Yeah. Um, but I'm no longer involved from a, I guess, a business perspective. So yeah. I guess nice. that's, you know, <laughs> I guess that's where it um, gave me that appetite of having worked for ourselves, having that flexibility. And I guess COVID was that launch pad for me. Uh, launch pad for what? For going into my own business and going yeah. out on my own. Um, yeah, pretending like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forcing Gabby to talk here. <laughs> so it was an opportunity to go out my own. I guess I I was always worried about going out on my own because I wanted to stay engaged with the industry and I love people and I love working with people. And I love building teams and culture and all of and those things. And for so many years you've been in amongst the the heartbeat of it all. So. And I think that's what I was struggling with because yeah. I, and everyone said, don't you want to work from home? No, I don't really. <laughs> I mean, I have a beautiful home, but that doesn't mean I want to work there. Yeah. And so for me, I think that was a real challenge, but, um, on the other side now, um, I guess, you know, I'm loving it. The podcast has given me that ability to reconnect with the industry, which I'm extremely passionate about. Yeah. It's allowed me to go back to teach, um, teaching with Griffith um, yeah. in the hospitality you, you tourism. You wouldn't have had the, the time. No, and, I, and I did that, you know, back in sort of before Com Games um, as well, but it's sort of given me the ability to go back and do some of the things that I really 
um, love doing. Yeah. So that was the inspiration, everything you needed to get started there. It was. It was. Very good. Okay. So let's get into what you do. Let's talk revenue. How do you personally work with operators to drive revenue? Now, we don't have all day, <laughs> but I guess I just want you to share with our audience, you know, what, what, what are the best things they can do when it comes to pricing and distribution? And can you try and share one real example with us? Of course, I guess, you know, and this might sound cliche, but a revenue culture starts from the top and it still surprises me in 2021 that businesses don't see this as a priority. Similarly, over the last 15 years, it's changed from reservations doing the role of a revenue manager to reporting through to director of sales Mm -hmm. and marketing. And it was a sort of second tier or a senior leadership role, but certainly not part of the executive team to it, I guess, now being seen as its own defined exec role um, and reporting either to the general manager or sitting aside from a corporate perspective. So I think revenue management, you know, 101, the basic concept, the, the basic concept is, you know, selling the right product at the right time through the right distribution channels at the right price. You know, it's not rocket science, yeah. but it, it still is. And it seems to still be a fundamental issue across many businesses. So I guess top tips, I've got three. Your rates need to be managed on a daily basis for the next 365 days. So many businesses are only focused on the next 7 to 14 days of Mm -hmm. business, but they're not seeing the the pickup in advance. So you need to be onto your inventory, looking at your inventory every single day because what you might see is pickup 120 days from now and you haven't moved your rates. Um, So you need to be moving your rates upwards, not downwards. Um, And that's, again, one of my, I guess, my next points is to make sure that you've got a comprehensive rate strategy, one that everyone agrees on. Um, and one that avoids dropping your rates as you, you know, I guess come near to the arrival date. So the, one of the challenges has been that people had set their bar pricing as yep. a static price point and people then discount from that yep. rather than actually discounting and moving your rates upwards rather than moving rates downwards. And I think that's a fundamental issue of our industry. You is see the, it a lot. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, And I guess thirdly is that driving that direct business and we've talked a lot about that over the podcast in terms of trying to drive that direct visitation but using systems like Lever, using systems that actually provide that leverage ability to direct business um, to the property direct is going to drive revenue. Yeah. and establishing relationships with key stakeholders around your business. Understand which businesses you can partner with. Understand which businesses you can be working with to help drive that local domestic business as well. Yeah, which everyone's going after at the moment. Absolutely. So we talk a lot about revenue. So everyone likes to save and cut cost in <laughs> in this industry as well. So I'd love for you to share with us some of the best ways to increase efficiencies that you've kind of seen over your 20 years. I always like to talk um, to properties about that cost per occupied room. So what does it actually cost you to clean a room um, and how can you reduce this? So often everyone is so focused on the sales mm-hmm. and also on the revenue. Correct. But what they don't look at is how do you reduce your overall costs? So generally you need to go back to the basics, you know, what is included in your rooms, you know, can you save money? Do you need to clean those rooms every single day? How many pillows? How many bed sheets? Like it seems so basic. How many bars of soap do you have in your room that then go in the bin because a guest comes into a room, they haven't even turned the lid on a shampoo but it's been in that room, it has to go in the bin. So there's so many things that 
from a property perspective that are just they're, they're cost mitigation straight straight away the property can see yeah. benefits from that yeah um an example is not cleaning rooms on a Sunday, you know, in terms of housekeeping costs. Sunday is penalty rates. And the first thing that I'll do is when I go into a property is make sure that the housekeeping team have minimal staff on a Sunday, that they clean the entire hotel on a Monday. Um, and again, that will depend on occupancies. Mm. Um, but generally, Sundays are your departure date. A lot of people check in Friday, Saturdays, leave on a Sunday. Okay. Therefore, you've got a dirty hotel on a Sunday. So what a lot of properties do is bring in the housekeeping staff on a Sunday to turn those rooms around. To get them ready for Monday. Correct. So what are you saying? You don't clean them on a Sunday. You offer late departures or you have an incentive, a sleep in on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So you get some additional ancillary revenue. So put notes under people's doors. Would you like to stay a little bit longer? Most people on a Sunday probably would be happy to check out two or four o'clock. So drive some incremental revenue on a Sunday. And then for a Monday, that's when your housekeeping team come in to turn around those rooms ready for Monday arrivals. But generally Sunday is a very low arrival date traditionally. Mm. Um, And the cost saving is astronomical yeah, that's um, because you're not paying example. casual rates, for in- but instance. But by default, you'd just be thinking, we've got to get these rooms cleaned. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and you just get into this this vicious cycle, I guess. So yeah. it's looking at your cost structure rather than just focusing on top line because you can save some significant money, um, particularly, you know, have you got four pillows on a bed instead of two be- pillows? Have you got three sheets on a bed? Um, how many dunas are you using dunas in summer? Have you got blankets in every room? How many blankets do you have in a room? Do they have covers on them yeah. you know have they been yeah. used like yeah. people think and I know myself I check into a room and go oh I'm just going to take that blanket and put that over <laughs> there because I have no idea when the last time that was cleaned yeah um and so therefore there's so many of those little things you can be doing how many hand towels how many face washers mm. does everyone use a face washer the, the cost the for those things, it's not the but it's the and they're and huge they're costs huge. Yeah. because they all have an impact on your yeah. cost per occupied room so every time and, and that's where properties that can't answer that question i do not know the cost of my occupied room what the physical cost to operate that room there's a problem right there okay. so that's it guys work out that yeah that's what gabby says so gabby if people wanted to learn more about you and find you where should they go to my website, uh, Gabby Daniels Hospitality Business Solutions. Find it in the show notes. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of those, all of the socials. It is. Thank yeah. you so much, Gabby. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you want to learn more about us and the guests, check out our website, Let's Talk Tourism. Today, which you can find simply in the show notes.